Shapers on Jazz FM. Listen in color. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. That was James Brown, of course, with Cold Sweat Part 1. It's me, Elliot Moss. Hello, good morning, and it is Jazz Shapers here on Jazz FM. Jazz Shapers is the place where you can hear the very best of the people who are shaping the world of jazz, blues and soul, alongside their equivalents in the world of business, a business shaper. I'm delighted to say my business shaper today is Mr. Simon Devonshire. He is none other than the entrepreneur in residence. Yes, you heard me right. The entrepreneur in residence at the Business, Innovations and Skills Department with the British government. What an amazing title. He's also a serial entrepreneur. You're going to be hearing a lot of useful stuff from him very shortly. In addition to hearing from Simon, you'll also be hearing from our programme partners at Mishkondorea, some words of advice for your business. And on top of all of that, you know what's coming. Some brilliant music from the shapers of jazz, blues and soul, including Eliane Elias, Gregory Porter and this from the Neil Cowley Trio. The emotive sound of the Neil Cali trio with Sparkling. This is Jazz Shapers, as I said, and I'm Elliot Moss. And I'm joined today by Mr. Simon Devonshire. And he is, as I said, not just a serial entrepreneur, but also the entrepreneur in residence at the Business Innovations and Skills Department. Simon, I've got an entrepreneur in residence in residence. Thank you so much for joining me. Hello. Thank you. T- tell me, and we'll go, we'll go into all the different things that you've, you've done over the years and that you do, and obviously you have a busy mind. What does an entrepreneur in residence for the British government do when he's at home? So the two things, really. So the job title officially is entrepreneur in residence hyphen scale up. So my job is really um, to help government come up with the policies and the plans that are going to help British businesses grow. Um, so fundamentally, I do two things. Firstly, just to inject a spirit of entrepreneurialism within Whitehall. So that's just applying the kind of energy and motivation that you would typically associate with being uh, entrepreneurial. Uh, and secondly, it's to be participant in the conversations that are happening that actually shape the policies to affect business. And in those conversations, you've been doing the job for how long now? That's so, yeah, so it's um, it's an annual appointment. So typically it lasts for between kind of nine to 12 months or so. Mm-hmm. And I've been, uh, I was appointed in July, so I'm uh, about halfway, just gone halfway through uh, that period. And it's a one day a week kind of commitment. And have you found that business has a place in the thoughts of British government that is positive, that is that is actually real, or is this lip service? I think it's incredible, actually. I mean, it's, a, it's been a real eye-opener for me. Um, firstly, uh, just how impressive the talent is within Whitehall. I don't know quite what I was expecting, but there are some people who are phenomenally talented. Uh, they have a, an ability to draw uh, a real broad spectrum of people who work within uh, the civil service, both the academically elite through to... You know, very conventional people who've worked their way through the government hierarchy. Um, and absolutely, 
um, business, uh, by virtue of the title of the department, Business Innovation Skills, is fundamental to their whole existence and they are passionate about the success of business. Stay with me to hear much more from Simon, my business shaper. He is also the founder or one of the co-founders of Concept Cupboard, uh, Coding Cupboard, and he's also involved with a business called Wayro, which we're going to be talking about. And even if you recall, when I talked to Mr. Duncan Goose a while ago, one of the founders of One Water, he was one of the ideas men behind that too. Time for some music. This is Gregory Porter and Lonesome Lover. Gregory Porter with the melodic Lonesome Lover. Simon Devish is my business shaper, and as you heard earlier, he is the entrepreneur in residence in Biz, which is the Business and Innovation Skills Department in in the British government. He's also, as I said, all a serial entrepreneur. Now, let, let's go back in time before we talk about all the things you came up with. You're a marketing guy originally, mm-hmm. if that's a, not an unfair thing to say. Mm-hmm. You've done the kind of agency thing, yeah. lots of different agencies, which yeah. gives you great exposure to big clients. Yeah. Your first foray um, into your own business, what, what was it and what made you think, you know what, I'm not just going to do it for other people and come up with great ideas, I'm going to do something for myself. What, do you remember what precipitated that feeling? Absolutely, I remember it vividly. So I'd worked for 14 years in marketing agencies and advertising agencies and I uh, met the delightful Mrs. Devonshire and um, made a transition in my career from working on the agency side of things to going into a client-side organisation, a big corporate in fact. Uh, because I felt that that would um, not only further my career, but also it was about, you know, balance in life and everything else. Uh, and when I got there, I found that I didn't fit at all, um, talking from a, like a cultural perspective. Um, and I found the experience quite a stifling one. And the, one of the obvious things to do is then just give up on it and return back to the, the land that you know well and feel more comfortable in. And I didn't want to do that. I didn't feel... I didn't feel that was a compelling option. I didn't want to quit. When was this, roughly? This is in 2000. Okay. So I joined Yellow Pages to help create Yell.com, uh, which was a big gig, uh, and I was proud to do it. And I had to commute quite a lot to, to as part of that job in order to get to the office. And I read a lot, and um, I knew that I needed to find a vehicle for my creativity and my entrepreneurialism that, that working in a corporate environment didn't give me. Had you had those feelings before as a, as a youngster, before I, university? Had you, yeah. had you done things that would have, yeah. that as you look back now, you go, OK, that kind of makes sense. I've yeah. always enjoyed doing that kind of stuff. Uh, so um, my father was uh, originally a graphic designer, but then moved into the family business, and I grew up... Um, uh, so he owned his own shop for 40 years as a florist. So I grew up in a shop, effectively. And my brother's six years older than me and was always very entrepreneurial. And I kind of started my first job when I was nine um, as, a, as an assistant paper rounder um, uh, and always had money and always sort of understood the concept of money and the value of money and, and you know, how to enjoy it. Um, and so I'd always had that kind of entre- entrepreneurial spirit. And in my advertising um, career, I'm not proud of the fact that I'm probably the least qualified person you'll ever meet. Um, but typically, you know, people in uh, advertising tend to have come from very good academic backgrounds. And so uh, I was lucky to get a job as a runner, literally delivering artwork around London. Um, 
and instead of delivering it, I used to arrive at the client's office, unwrap it, and go and present it. And that's how I got into the client service side of the business. And so I, I knew when I was in the corporate world and I wanted a creative vehicle, I, I was sort of actively looking for it. And I read about a village in uh, Indonesia that uh, had horrific sanitation and water-related problems, um, and they were desperate for a solution. They wanted £100,000 to fix their problem, and £100,000 in my personal life was an inaffordable amount of money, but in my professional career was kind of nothing. And I thought, there must be an application for my commercial talent to fix this, and, and that's where the idea for One Water originally sort of came from. Stay with me to hear what happened next with Simon Devonshire, my business shaper today. Latest travel in a couple of minutes. And before that, some words of wisdom for your burgeoning business idea that you may be having right now from our programme partners at Mishcon Dorea. Hi, my name is Andrew Goldstone and I'm a partner in the tax group at Mishcon Dorea. My advice for any entrepreneur at any stage of business is to become tax aware. Even if you're a startup, do spend the time and money. A couple of hours on the web can teach you a lot about what tax structures are out there. And then when you do go and see your tax advisor, you'll be prepared. You won't be paying good money just to be told the basics. Instead, you'll get tailored tax advice on what really makes sense for you and your business. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM in partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. You're listening to Jazz Shapers with me, Elliot Moss. Every Saturday morning, you can catch me talking to a brilliant person from the world of business, a business shaper. If you've missed any of the programmes, you want to look them up, then go to iTunes. If you happen to be delving into FT.com, you'll find us there, or CityM.com. I'm giving you lots of choices, aren't I? Or even British Airways High Life when you next fly. Simon Devonshire is my business shaper today, and he is not just the entrepreneur in residence for the British government. He's also a serial entrepreneur in his own right. And he's also running an incredibly interesting tech incubator called Wayra. And I'm going to come on to that in a moment. I want to pick up the story where we were, Simon, and you were saying, how could I, I sure, I'm sure I could find the, the, the way of raising 100,000 quid for this uh, this village, this, this place which didn't have clean water and the sanitation issues and so on and so forth. It was the beginning of One Water. It was mm. the beginning of the global ethics business, mm. which, as I also mentioned, Duncan Goose was the, the guy who's kind of taking it on. Yeah. And 10 million pounds later and so on and so forth, yeah. extraordinary stuff. So you helped create that one. Yeah. And then what? Did you get a flavour? For the fact that, hold on a minute, I can do this. Yeah, I suppose so. Well, I kind of yes and no. So I think um, the first thing was, so One Water is a very simple concept. We sell bottled water over here uh, to fund water wells uh, predominantly in Africa. And as you say, Duncan has done the most remarkable job of of building that business up to its uh, success, that it's celebrated its 10th birthday last year and that it's uh, generated and donated more than £10 million. Um, but the start of that journey was actually born out of my frustration, not only at the, the, the problem, and I think for any aspiring entrepreneur, you know, figure out what's your it's not right. You know, for me, it's not right that two billion people in the world are dying because they don't have enough access to clean water. Um, you know, so figure out what's your it's not right because it's the passion that can help drive your business forward. I think the second thing is having worked in advertising, one of the things that, because uh, I know also you work in advertising, um, I think a measure of talent is often the generosity of people's willingness to share their ideas and creativity. And uh, let's be really clear, you know, the, the initial stages of this concept of selling bottled water, I couldn't make it work. And 
um, I shared that thought with a group of very close friends, of which Duncan is is one of them. And I was astonished the extent to which they leapt on the idea and Duncan eventually took it on and actually made the business what it is. Um, so I think, you know, don't just harvest your ideas and put them in a bottom drawer. If you if recognise when you're getting stuck and seek, you know, the help from, you'd be amazed how generous people are when asked an earnest question. And I imagine that the ideas you have come up with and that are still living, breathing businesses, and I mentioned Concept Cupboard very briefly mm. and Coding Cupboard very briefly mm. as well, these are your babies yeah, that you've absolutely. helped create. But then you, it sounds like you bring people in very naturally yeah. because you want to because actually you're kind of going – it feels like you're saying – it's not enough just to do one thing. I've got lots of problems to solve, exactly. so can you help me solve the problems? Not many. I don't meet many people that do that. A lot of people I meet have focused on one thing. What is it about you and the way that you've seen the world that you go, but I don't want to stop at one thing? What's the serial bit about, really? Uh, I guess um, just an overwhelming sense of curiosity um, that keeps driving me on to the next thing. Um, and... and you know, I just see a world that's just so full of possibility and opportunity. I, I, I just, you know, virtually everything I look at, where people sense of a feeling of uh, frustration or friction, you know, I see a, a business opportunity, and I'm I'm keen to kind of think about how you can convert whatever that hassle is into something that's going to benefit um, everybody's lives, and in doing so, create a, a meaningful, sustainable, robust business that's going to gen- generate revenue and employment. It sounds so simple when he says it, doesn't it? But he's actually doing it as well. Amazing stuff. Stay with me for more from Simon, my business shaper today. Time for some music. This is Dwayne Eubanks and Dance With A Letter. That was Dance with a Letter from Dwayne Eubanks, my sources tell me, from Pennsylvania. Did accountancy, hated it, became a trumpeter. Very happy he did too. Simon Devonshire is my business shaper today, and he's a serial entrepreneur, business entrepreneur, entrepreneur in residence with the British government, um, and also in charge of something called Weira. And I'm just going to a quote here from someone who described you, Simon, I think it was Tech City back last year, as an established figure, that's you, an established figure in Britain's tech ecosystem. Now, I'm sure if I knew what that meant, I, w- I would be amazed. He's not joking, but you, you obviously are a, a bit of a mover and a shaker in the technology startup space. This Weira um, incubator that you've created, just explain a little bit about what it is and, and what you think makes it special. So I think, firstly, it's a real privilege to, um, to have the opportunity of, of running Weira. So Weira is a business accelerator that belongs to the Telefonica. Uh, it was originally created in Latin America, and it's a very simple concept. Uh, we build a physical space, we run a competition, we try and find the best digital startups, and we invest in them and we grow them. Um, and uh, I was asked to do that, I think, predominantly because of my experience of actually being in their shoes and being an entrepreneur. But I think the reason it's so special and why it's so significant is that we're witnessing the birth of the digital economy. Uh, I think it's the best time um, to be an entrepreneur. There has never been a better time to be an entrepreneur than right now. I think the digital uh, is the thing that enables us to add more value than ever before. We have more connectivity, more computer processing power, more open source software than ever before. And um, Wira is effectively looking for people who can see that and are pioneering new tech, new businesses, new opportunities, and we're trying to get behind them and grow them. 
Now, how do you know? Because it always intrigues me. And you are one of those people that does know because you've been asked to sit on panels to, you know, back certain entrepreneurs and certain ideas. How do you know that that person and that idea is going to fly? Because you're going to see thousands of them, aren't you? What What is it that kicks in in your head in terms of deciding whether that one's going to make it, that one's not? Okay, so in the last three years, I've invested in nearly 250 businesses, and uh, and they're selected from more than 15,000 applications. And you're right, we do filter through an awful lot of pitches, an awful lot of entrepreneurs. In, in a word, it's talent. Uh, and so what we're looking for really is a proven track record. People who are going to succeed tend to have a track record of, achievement whether it's commercially or professionally or in sport or in some facet in their life they've they've really driven secondly they've got an idea and they're able to articulate it and then thirdly um they uh they've got just a conviction they don't just see this as an opportunity and a possibility they've got this feeling of absolute inevitability that they can you know as, as solid as this desk is sat in front of me right now uh, this thing is going to happen well, if that's you, then you know you've got to go and do it. And if it isn't you, well, just carry on listening anyway, because we're going to hear our final chat with Simon Devonshire and play a track from Eliane Elias. That's after the latest traffic and travel here on Jazz FM. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM, in partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. Touch of Latin before the end of Jazz Shapers Day. That was Oye Komova from Eliane Elias. Simon Devonshire is my business shaper just for a few more precious minutes. And he is a serial entrepreneur you've been hearing. He's given you, if you're thinking about a business pitch, a lot of good advice about how to shape it. You've got to have that conviction. Um, And I'm sure you've seen plenty of people that have and you will continue to see them. In your career, Simon, and it's really, you've gone, as you said, interestingly, from agency to a client to kind of a bit of a startup guru to your own businesses to advising people. Often people are good at doing things but not necessarily very good at giving advice you're obviously you're obviously both where have you gone for advice yourself who have you looked to through your working career um for kind of solid and interesting things to think about and what's and has that changed and improved your own ability to do what you want to do um so i think there's no question in my mind that um, the person who's advised me most and contributed most to my career success is is mrs devonshire uh so jules is um just you know phenomenally talented business person in her own right uh, and that's an invaluable resource uh if you're lucky enough to have somebody like that you know in close proximity to you but i think uh, also my parents have been a great help um and what's interesting about that from my point of view is the difference between the two of them so um, my father was very commercially driven my mother was very kind of socially driven and and I think that as a blend is quite powerful it's having empathy with your fellow, fellow colleagues and having a sense of purpose and of legacy I think is invaluable it's quite easy to be successful in business you can do it just by being completely ruthless and horrible to people uh, it's much harder to do it with a sense of ethics and and care and, and genuine concern for people's welfare um, and I think the third thing is that um, I'm just, just being so lucky to work with the most extraordinary talented people um, and and people who've had a transformative impact on my life um, because of the uh, generosity of the 
input that they've been willing to share with me and the guidance they've given. Now, you strike me as someone who hasn't encountered failure much, which is a sort of strange thing for me to say, perhaps, and you'll tell me, no, no, you don't know the, the whole thing. But over the years, I'm sure you've had some difficult times. And if you have, how have you gone through them? Um, yeah, I mean, God, I've, I've, I've been... Uh I've been fired a couple of times and stuff like that. Um, you know, uh, I've had some some you know periods of real uncertainty about my future, where it's going to go. Um, I've had uh, at least one business venture that I've invested personally um, not work out, and uh, that's been quite tough. But from every single one, you learn. And actually, one of the things that I've also learned is the power of uh, your own intuition uh, and having confidence, but not confidence beyond your ability, confidence that's um, got a solid foundation based on uh, consistent achievement. And every time you um, achieve success, I think it's always worth just kind of banking that mentally a little bit. Because then when you're next forced to make a difficult decision, you can kind of think back on, on, on the, all the, your career history of decisions and think, actually, I've not done so badly. And when one door's closed and other one's opened. And for me, fortunately, that's always been actually kind of beneficial, if that makes sense. I've actually, you know, always sort of progressed and gone on and, and you know, not having all your eggs in one basket, just you know, having multiple opportunities at any given time and pursuing multiple um, uh, uh, commercial uh, ventures means that you know inevitably some of them are going to come off, right? So you know, it's just about going for it. And in terms of the future for you, I imagine more of the same, more multiple things to think about, more problems to solve, more people to bring through. Is it like that or have you got other big goals? I mean, obviously the election's coming up. You're going to be post that. You may be finished in that role. What's going to happen for Simon? So for me, I mean, I'm very um, passionate to maintain my corporate career as well as my entrepreneurial career simultaneously. I'm very keen to continue to contribute to government and um, I'm very keen to um, continue to pursue uh, my own ventures, my own opportunities, and um, particularly on the digital side of things. So, yeah, I think that it's going to be a mixture of all of those things. But I think I am genuinely, it's not that I'm optimistic, I'm, I'm actually very pragmatic about the future. You know, the economy is going well and opportunities are improving. And I think that whilst that could be quite difficult for some people going through periods of change, vulnerability, feelings of uncertainty, generally, I think there's more opportunities for everybody. Well, that sounds good. Uh, listen, thank you so much for being business shape. But just before I let you go, what's your song choice and why have you chosen it? It's Blue Mosque um, by Don Rendell and the Incar uh, Quintet. And uh, I think there's nothing better uh, if you're about to have um, a romantic evening meal uh, with a glass of wine. This is what I would be listening to. Well, hopefully you'll be, someone will be doing that tonight. Thank you so much for joining me. Here it is. It's Blue Mosque, Don Rendell and the Incar Quintet. That was Blue Mosque from Dom Rendell and Ian Carr Quintet, and it can be found on the Shades of Blue album. It's the song choice of my business shape today, Simon Devonshire. Entrepreneurial to the core. Knowledgeable as well, unbelievably knowledgeable about the place that he is in right now, which is the digital entrepreneurial space, and incredibly balanced to boot. How about that? Do join me again, same time, same place. That's 9am here on Jazz FM. 
next Saturday morning. In the meantime, though, coming up next here on Jazz FM, it's Nigel Williams. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal.